Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Good Dudes Grow. I am your host, Gary Roberts, and today's show is amazing. We have the one and only Iris Wick, the individual that may, I say may, be headed to the moon, thanks to Elon Musk. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, all engines run. Lift off. We have a lift off. The good dudes grow. We help you understand the benefits. With CBD and cannabis, yeah. The good dudes grow. We remove the fear of the unknown. By giving you all the facts. The good dudes grow. We bring the unbiased content from opposing views to give you nothing but the facts. I welcome you to the show. The good dudes grow. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Good Dudes Grow. My next guest, I've been wanting to get on my show for a long time. We actually met on Clubhouse. He's the host of the top-rated YouTube show, Keep It Medicinal. He's the first Australian medical cannabis patient. He's a uh, world cannabis freelance and consultant, celebrity cannabis manager. He's also the first legal medicinal cannabis patient who might be going to the moon on Elon Musk's SpaceX. And all around fucking good mate, my friend from down under, Iris Wick. Thank you, my man, for coming on my show. Hey, Gary, I am your father. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for having me on. That was such an introduction. You know, it's an honor to be on your show. Um, yes, you are my damn good mate. You're my brother who I literally... Uh, consider, and I, I actually wanted to just drop a little bomb on everyone that this is my first American appearance on any podcast um, because I was offered a lot of spots, but Gary, when we met, you're an inspiration to me. I consider you one of the pillars of my foundations of, of growth after hearing your story, and to come onto your show as a as a as you know a first Australian patient and to a first responder. Man, it's an honor. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for coming. Well, that's it, everybody. Thanks for showing the show. That's all we needed. We just needed that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see you later. I'm off the moon. <laughs> yeah, he's got, a, he's got a spaceship to catch. He'll be right back. He'll be back in a, like 300 years, depending on how the spaceship works. I have no idea how that works. But any, anyways, we actually met on Clubhouse. For most people who don't know, and, and I'm going to tell the story. I listened to you on Clubhouse when I got onto it. I was trying to jump in a bunch of different rooms or cannabis rooms, trying to learn everything else. And I heard you talk and I went, this dude's fucking crazy. I like him. I like him. So then I kept listening to you, listening to you. And I'm like, let me reach out to this guy and see what it's like. And for some reason, I knew as soon as I heard you that we were going to connect on a certain level. It was just we had that same technical personality, sense of humor and everything. And I went, all right, let's try and get him on the show. And since then, we've been going back and forth and talking and everything else. You know, tell, tell everybody a little bit about your background and everything had you, you went through with cannabis and how you started all that. That'd be cool. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, like you said, we met on Clubhouse. Man, what a riot. What a, what, what a world we live in with Clubhouse. I mean, I hear it every day. Oh, my God, I'm just talking to, you know, yesterday I was just, you know, complaining about being locked, you know, in my house and all this stuff going on. Yeah, we met on Clubhouse and then we got to talking like you. I, my journey started through back in 2017. I've had a pretty tough life, um, which we can talk about as, as we go, if you, you know, got any questions and Basically, the, the lead-up was a heavy, heavy, heavy opioid problem. Um, years of anxiety, depression, um, PTSD, and all these mental issues that I developed um, through, you know, a life of trauma uh, led me up to taking up to 200. I was taking 200 milligrams of Oxycontin, um, 50 milligrams of Xanax, and 20 milligrams of Valium just to get out of bed in the morning and go to work. And I was 155 kilos or 350 pounds for all you guys in America. And uh, life wasn't good. I was not in a good headspace. I, was, I wouldn't say I was medicated and dedicated, that's for sure. Um, I would say I was definitely medicated and bottling some pretty heavy emotions, you know what I mean? Some pretty dark, nasty stuff. And, yeah, that, that, and that was just, bro, that was just to get out of bed. At night, I would take almost that again and I would add like rest of it. I don't know what you what the ingredient you would call like to sleep, like not just melatonin but actual, uh, it's this 
Uh, no, take Xanax, Valium, and also oh, I'm trying to think of the main ingredient. It's in uh, Mersendol. Uh, it's a it's a sleeping agent, and I was adding that to my diet, and I was 350 pounds. So I'm sure you can imagine that basically killing myself, you know, very quickly. Um, it all just fell over. In 2017, I had a breakdown. My life, everything caught up to me. It was just like it could not it could not hold on any longer. The, the balloon had just taken enough and it just popped. And at that moment, the, the tablets weren't even, even, not even remotely working. It was, I could have taken everything to try and fix it, every tablet in the house and it wouldn't help. It's, I'm not going to say it's funny, but it's a lot of people don't understand when you're at that level, the medication just stops working and all you're doing is, and all they're doing is giving you more or finding some other stuff and piling it on top and on top and on top. And next thing you know, you're, like you said, you're technically medicated, but completely fucking yourself up technically for a term. Yeah, you're you're completely fucked. In no, there's. I, I'm sorry if I swear too, but that's the best way to put it. With you've been over a barrel and you are in big trouble. And problem is, is that the only way I can compare it to someone any any long term cannabis users would know that you obviously have a high tolerance. The more you smoke and you go on, but if you stop and back off that, you, nothing's going to happen to you. When you're on opioids and you're on those kind of things, your tolerance goes up exactly the same. You're chasing that same high from, you know, the wake and bakes. It's the whole same game, except you can't have a break to bring your tolerance down without killing yourself or going in a mental institution or doing something stupid. So when I had the breakdown, I just said, this is enough. This is madness. I can't live this way. And I was in the pharmacy, uh, the chemist, the drugstore. <laughs> I know you have very different terminology, so I'm trying to catch it. Um, and, uh, my best friend, uh, good, good guy, Adam, he just, he knew I was in bad shape and I just showed him the scripts and he goes, mate, you've got to go get on this medicinal cannabis. It has just become legal just now. No one's on it. You are a prime candidate to be on it. If not you, who else? And I said, well, show me the way. He helped me get a referral, show me the doctor. Went and seen uh, Dr. Teresa Topic at uh, – she's now at different clinics now. Um, she's having a break off at the moment. She's suffering from cancer. We'll get into that story, how she can't prescribe herself medicinal cannabis. That's our government um, in its finest. But, uh, yeah, so then got on the program, literally, just from that moment. I, I, said to I said to the doctor, I don't care. I'm not taking another Xanax. Oxycontin, I don't care. They said, no, you'll die. You'll overdose. You know, you, your body will stop functioning. I said, I don't care. I'm done. Stopped, started smoking cannabis, started with the CBD oil, THC full spectrums, um, CBD, THC, one-to-one, 25 milligrams per mil. Started on that. After a few days, I felt like a million dollars. Um, my wife started on it, who's a grand male epileptic. Um, literally the day she took it, the headache stopped. Three days later, we were just feeling a million bucks. We went back and had an appointment, got our flower, and then got the first flower, and it was just game on portals opened let's go and i've just since then it's just been fitness health healing spiritual opening portals in my mind meeting beautiful people matching energies it's just all finally come together that's amazing that's amazing i tell everybody the same thing you know when i i tell everybody the same thing before my my (laughs) you know my story with my daughter and for Everybody doesn't know my daughter passed away, started with opiates, couldn't get the medication, ended up with street drugs and overdose from there. But before that, I got involved with CB because I'm not allowed to use a THC product for fitness because I was going through an injury and never really heard about it before. So I'm like, what is this stuff? You know, it'll never, it's all over the place. It's become illegal. This show was brought to you by Pure Bodies and CBD. As soon as we get Iris back from down under, he'll be back with us. But like I was saying, I, I didn't know about cannabis. I knew nothing about it. I just, I'm, like, I'm like, you know what? That's a great business. You know, they're going to legalize it in South Florida. You know what? Hell, let's, let's get into the business. So I got into it for personal financial business reasons. And then I realized, wait a minute, Florida is one of the most expensive places to actually get it into. Just to actually apply for a license, I had to be 30 years into farming. And I'm like, okay, we'll cancel that out. Uh, I need $10 million bond. I'm like, cancel that out. I'm like, okay, so what, what's next? <laughs> and then I started reading. <laughs> I started reading about the benefits of CBD. I'm like, what the hell is that? Never even heard of it. Like, oh, it'll help you recover from injuries. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm injured. So I still went on the personal self 
journey and going, okay, let me try it. It still wasn't legal here. Could not find anything. I'd have to order it from California. It would come in little perfume bottles. It would say cosmetics because nobody could transport it across the United States because it was still illegal. Oh Tried a bunch God. of crap. Tasted like, I mean, tasted terrible. And I'm one of those fitness guys. Like if you tell me like this protein powder tastes good, even though it tastes like chalk, but it's going to help me, I'm going to go for it because that's what I want. I want the results. Nothing. Did absolutely nothing. Went to my holistic doctor that was taking my blood work. She goes, I'm going to a cannabis convention. Why don't you come? I'm like, stuff don't work, man. I said, I tried it. She goes, just come talk to a few people. Went there, talked to a few people, talked to this guy in Colorado. He goes, no, you got to try our stuff. I'm like, okay, just send it to me. I'm not buying it. I, bought, I spent over $1,000 of stuff that didn't work. I'm like, just send it to me and I'll let you know. Send it to me. I was going through double Achilles tendonitis. I could hardly walk. It was like walking on, on ice and glass going into my feet. Jeez. I took this the CBD. You like universal, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh my I God. took the CBD and I'm, I'm standing here in my kitchen. I'm like, 20 minutes later, my pain went from eight to three, and I went, "Huh." My wife's going, "What are you standing here like an idiot for?" I'm like, because, "Because for some reason, this little dropper thing, my pain's gone down." She goes, "It's a placebo effect. You're just hoping the pain goes down." I'm like, "Listen, I've had this for a year. I'll know whether it's a placebo or not." So good old me went to the gym, started jumping, doing, doing a jump rope. Why not? You know, the Achilles are all effed up. Might as well just see if they can get them worse to see if it'll actually come back. No, it stayed at three and I stayed on it and finally it went away. And that at the same, at that moment was the same time that my daughter got out of her second rehab and says, listen, I need help. And so I went completely dove into the background stuff of how does cannabis and CBD can actually help me. There must be some other benefits to it. And that's how I started learning about the endocannabinoid system, dove into it, saw how it could help with opiates and all that. And I went, damn, this could help my daughter without giving her other pharmaceuticals like uh, Soma and all that to get off all that stuff. Let's give her this. Yes. And unfortunately, before I could get everything and became legally here, that's when she ended, up, she ended up passing away. So I decided to. I'm really sorry. I decided to jump into that medical <laughs> bandwagon. Let's see what other medical things. And while I was thinking, before she passed away, she told us her exact words were, the rehabs in South Florida are useless. All they do is pump us full of drugs. I am more stoned in rehab than I am outside of rehab. And then when I go outside of rehab, they go, okay, here's your prescription for Soma, Xanax, and everything else. The girl just went to rehab to get off the stuff. You're giving her prescriptions as soon as she comes out. So it makes no sense. That's madness. Yeah, so she said, let's do something about it. And that's where she came. So let's start our own rehab. With the cannabis and holistic and doing fitness, nutrition, everything built into one. And she ended up naming it Promises Recovery Centers. And it's kind of like if you look at our little logo, it's like a little pinky swear. Her and my wife have a little pinky swear saying, well, you'll never be alone. So that's why we created a logo. And once we founded that, that's when everything went downhill. She passed away. So we're in a process of opening that. It's been four years. We've worked all through the protocols, everything else. Now we're, we're, we're on the road right now. My number one goal is to actually open by the end of the year, the first one in South Florida. So that's how, that's my yeah. role. Yeah, well, then then we've got to make that happen. You see that? That's I, I be, I'm a big believer in manifestation and, you know, I don't believe everything happens for a reason, but I believe some things do. And, uh, you know, your dream and ambitions to do that for your daughter, to do it for the community, the, 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 the whole broader approach that you're taking, you know, I truly believe like not in a non-religious way, you know, I think God is good, you know, and I think you've paid your time, you've done your time. So, yeah, you will have it by the end of the year because you deserve it and it's time, you know, and I, I want to manifest that for you as, a, as just from one guy to another, you know, like the way you speak, you deserve it. And the people that hear this, they need to hear your passion and you will get it because you're the guy that should. Thank have you. It. Thank you. And, and that's and that's the same way <laughs> I felt when I heard your first story. We sent me the email. Uh, of you talking about your story where you had this whole script written and then all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I'm going to go off script and just tell you how I feel. And it's actually the same thing. And I was actually on a podcast yesterday, yesterday or two days ago, and they asked me, uh, where was your breakthrough moment? And I told them, I says, there's been a couple, but imagine this. As a firefighter, most people watch TV, they see firefighters, they see all your heroes. When you sign up for a firefighter, you're a hero. You, you, you look at burning buildings, saving lives, that's amazing. You know, what do you want to do when you grow up? Everybody says, I want to be a firefighter. Yeah, because it's so cool. <laughs> but in the shows, when you see somebody pull out somebody from a house that's burning, you see them, they have little dark stuff on them. So it's kind of like a little soot on their face and everything else. 
in real life, when we pull somebody out like that, there's no black soot. It's 1,400 degrees in that building. Their clothes has melted to their skin. We smell, if you ever smell burning hair, it's terrible. We smell burning skin, burning yeah, hair. Horrible. We have to peel back that shirt that's still tucked to their skin. So it's peeling skin off to start IVs to help saving this person. Oh, and then an hour God. later, after, right after you get dropped this person off to the burn unit, within 15 minutes, you may get another call going to save a kid that's drowning in the pool. You still smell the stuff that's stuck to your skin. His skin still may be on your clothing. It's still in your nose. It's still in your hairs. You smell everything. You can't stop. You still have to go to the next call. And then they have to smell it. And now do that for 30 years and tell me that doesn't bother somebody. So when I gave somebody, one of my fellow firefighters, some CBD, because he was in pain, because I said, you got to try for pain. And he calls me back and goes, hey, dude, what did you give me? And I'm like, well, shit, what happened, man? He goes, listen, for the last three (laughs) years, I hated my life. I hated my kids. I hated my wife. I had dark thoughts. I don't know how far I was going to go. I was on the verge. Within three days on your stuff, all that completely changed. The voices stopped. I saw the sunshine. I enjoy my kids. I'm now a better father. He goes, and that, I said, that's my turning moment. So add the fact that I'm going to change people's lives with addiction and the fact that I can change first responders by giving them access to CBD or cannabis, that, that's my route. So, so that's, that was my breaking point, Man. basically, saying, okay, let's come out of the closet. Kind of sound bad, but... Uh, uh, I'm hiding. I'm basically hiding because it's illegal for us to sell, like not sell, but use THC products. So I don't know how my administration or fire department will actually look at it. So I was doing it on the down low. And finally, when that came out, I says, no, no more down low. Let's just step in front of everybody. Come, come, come see me. Come talk to me. I'm ready. You want to be the Joan. Somebody's going to be the Joan of Arc. You know what I mean? Of of, of everything. And I feel like, again, you're the pioneer for it. Why, Why shouldn't you, like, why shouldn't Gary... The first responder who has seen way too much trauma than anybody should have seen in, in one's life, getting paid less and unders to do so and getting up every day and, and, you know, going back to your story. I don't even know why you even bother with the world. I, if I, you're a better human than I am after what you've been through. I would just disappear. And to have that trauma, and, and this scares me terribly, and it's a, it's a big shout out to you guys, you first responders. My own brother-in-law, my wife's brother, he's a paramedic. Big shout-out to Big Cam. Um, he's a paramedic here at um, Pentonopean Hospital and all in the New South Wales area. Um, I fear that eventually those car crashes, those overdoses, those burning buildings will catch up and it's going to be irreparable for you guys. I've had a, I've had a breakdown in 2017. Boo-hoo. You guys won't have a breakdown like me. You'll have a far bigger breakdown if it happens, if, you know, and I touch wood, you know, that never happens. But that's why you guys need to be frontline on this as well and should never be rejected for anything that you guys are taking to your people saying this helps us because if it's helping you now, it's going to help you in the future. Yeah, that's that's 100%. And like you said, about the statistics show about 50% of all firefighters think about suicide throughout their career from everything they've seen. So, you know, just in the past three years, three or five years, I would say we've lost four to six firefighters to suicide. So it's, I know the cities go with, it's about making money and all this stuff, but you know, this is a much, much safer way to go health wise and physically wise. And there's ways of doing it that blow my mind that they they can't see it for their, for what it is because they're still with that stigma of you know the Cheech and Chong smoking down the road and and you know all liability firefighters and this dude you you can make you can make a platform for me to take opiates like I just had knee surgery it's okay for me to take opiates it's fine I seen your post yeah. on Instagram that's 100 yeah. percent fine but it's just, but I can't take a plant I don't it just blow, blows my mind that that has absolutely Every bit of proof that it it can only benefit you in the right way, in the right delivery. Exactly. So people, and then my biggest problem was most people says, "Oh, you're just coming out and saying this, and you're trying to ride the uh, the CBD train and the PTSD train because you're just trying to sell sell CBD and make money." And I says, "Yeah, I am for one reason. My money is going to my recovery. So I'm using the CBD to actually build build something else. So." 
like I said, I want to get it open this year. So I decided yeah. to actually take 50% of all my proceeds and go straight to there. Straight. So no more. We're not worried about making money. I don't care about making the big money with my CBD company and everything else. I just want to open my facility by the end of the year. So you know what? 50% of my profits are all going there. As long as I can cover the, uh, the people working and the people actually making the product, don't care. As long as that opens up by the end of the year. That's my goal. A hundred percent. And look, again, it's so hard not to say, I hear it all the time, like I'm not, I'm not one to worry about the money. I've never been one to worry about money. I, you know, I'm happy to do a handshake with anyone, you know, and be burnt on the other end for it, you know, for, at my own detriment. But at some point, you've got to make money. And it's you got to make the right money. This is this is where the, the cannabis industry still have it confused, in my opinion. And that is that you can throw the word just CBD out there. What, what does that CBD mean? Do you know what I mean? What does what does Gary Good Dudes Grow? Um, you know, the first responder. What is his CBD? You know what I mean? Is it just a, a, a throw together isolate made from China? Is it an organic? You know, is, is it grown under etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera? And I think if people looked more into the product itself and seen what you were making rather than just classify it, oh, you're just making money because CBD is the new CrossFit of the world, right, um, then they would see that your money is actually being made on a foundation that's unbreakable of a solid product. If you're out there slinging inferior products, well, then they have every right to say that. So the industry is a little bit conflicted on where it's at in regards to quality versus, you know, price and point and making money you could have the best price you could have the best skew in the world you might have to keep your, your price point so low to stay competitive that you make no money from it so then you're driven the other way to go oh hang on i can go buy four hundred thousand kilos of chinese isolate at the same price and i can just flood the market and it'll hit somewhere and i'll make a billion dollars it's not a, it's not a good yeah, market no exactly that's what, that's what i tell everybody goes well you know are we going to get drug we get drug tested we do, do this do that do that I'm like, listen, I created my business from the inside out. I didn't create the product. I created the standards so the products that I give, I can back it 100%, know where they come, know where they are, know what's made it, know what's in it 100% so that when I do sell it with my name behind it, I'm creating something that I know I'm standing behind. I'm not just, like you said, buying yes. the crap from China, buying 8,000 pounds, stick it into my little dropper bottles, you know, like they do on Amazon, you know, buy a some sort of hemp seed for $50, put it in, in a little one, one ML bottle and sell a hundred of those for $50 and, you know, and make a fortune. That's, that's not what I'm doing. I'm, I want the quality. I want the proper place making it. And I want to make sure everything's safe for people takes. And I guarantee you, you're going to be the first person to take it. First person, to, you know what I mean? Like it's going in you. If you won't put it in you, you're not going to put it on that market. Guaranteed. Exactly. 100%. I never do anything or back anything that I haven't tried or tested myself. So that's the number one thing. Exactly. Is that the same way you started with your company and everything else? And how did you get into the consulting and everything else? Yes. I, this is this is the crazy part of my life. I kind of fell into it, to be honest. It started basically, oh my God, it's such a hard story to tell because it's it's kind of where did he start? Where, where did Irish come from is the number one question. Um, it's... I guess it's a matter of – I started the podcast in the hope that – I'll just turn some light on here. It's going to be dark. Um, I started the podcast in, in hope that uh, I could get the medicinal cannabis people aware of where Australia is at. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, 100%. And then I never, ever, ever in my life expected to go from a patient – and that's what everyone forgets more than anything. I'm still a patient first over being a businessman and everything – and everyone forgets that as a patient, I fell into this position where I just started a cool podcast. I had a cool following that started with just 300 of my friends that I knew that knew that I got into weed and I was having a blast. Out of nowhere, Tommy Chong comes along. I get, because I, you know, I've done, I don't know if you've seen many of my episodes, The Keep Medicinal on YouTube. I, I did the world's best steak. I cooked the world's best steak on one episode of my very early ones and it was happy birthday to Tommy Chong. And I did his voice, you know, I just copied his voice. I, and they were just, it somehow got to him and it just blew their mind that there was some dude in Australia, you know what I mean, stone to the bone, medicated and dedicated, this Aussie crazy banana, right, from down under, doing everything like Tommy Chong, acting like Joe Rogan, 
from his podcast studio in his shed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it just, from there, they, they inboxed me on Instagram and said, Irish, we want to work with you. Like, you're friggin' hilarious. And then I'm like, whatever you need. And they're like, can you do Tommy's voice? I'm like, mostly Maui Wowie, but it's got some Labrador in it. And then like, they were just like, oh my God, you weren't faking it. It's actually you. And I'm like, of course it's me. And, um, and they were just like, look, let's do some work. So then they picked me up in a big promotion. And I literally, I started my podcast on the 1st of May, 2020. And Tommy Chong came along the 27th of May, 30 days into my podcast. And I'm, by the way, I run all my own social medias, all my followers, the whole lot. They're all real. And from all you should, you'll figure it out. They, um, I had, I think I hit a thousand followers mid May or something like that on Instagram. Some, it was, it was stupid. Like I was literally nothing. And then Tommy picked me up and threw me in this promotion they had going on at the time with Chong, uh, Tommy Chong's cannabis and all this other stuff. And I got thrown in this giveaway and I overnight I picked up 20,000 followers from my Instagram and it was all American and they didn't even have to follow me to be a part of this and it just they just hit my page and it was just like I could not sleep for three days. You go back, I think I've unlisted the episode even because I looked like I was dying. I'd been awake for three days going, what? My life is coming to an end. This is cannot be happening. Who are these people? What do you want from me? I was getting all paranoid. I'm like, this is craziness. And then after the promotion obviously died off, I lost a lot of the followers that were just there for the giveaways and stuff like that. But I made a big conscious effort to inbox and, you know, you can check this. You know, I, I DM'd, like I voice people because I'm very, I can't spell, I'm pretty much illiterate. So I like to voice people. And I literally voiced every single 20,000 people that, that followed me. And I just said, look, thanks so much. You know, my name's Irish. I'm from Down Under. Thank you for the follow. If you stick around, that would be great. If you like my content, awesome. If you hate it, bag me, do whatever you want. You know, like I'm down for anything. I'm just, I'm easy. You can't hurt me. And I end up retaining, you know, quite a lot of them. And they've become, they're, from, they're, they're considered my day ones. And from there, it was like Tommy never let go of me. Then I spoke to his management at the time, uh, JP, uh, John Paul Cowan, and his beautiful wife, Wendy, and they took me under their wing and offered me the brand manager's position out here. I know I'm rambling. Sorry, mate. It's all good, man. It's um, all good. I want, to, sorry, I want everybody to know yeah. about Yeah. I'm, I just, it's just so – that's what I was saying to you. It's just been such a wild experience in such a short time for me to ramble. This podcast will go for nine hours. So basically to wrap it up, Tommy signed me. Um I had a Zoom call, cried like a little bitch um, <laughs> when I met him. And uh, look, he's my idol, man. Like, I love him. I love him to death. I love Cheech and Chong, you know, through my trials and tribulations in my upbringing. And I didn't even smoke cannabis up growing up as a kid. I was too troubled and stuff like that. I was still trying to survive. Those movies were what got me through, you know. And so I consider him like the dad I never had. And, you know, the Pope of Pot himself, you know, brought me to tears, made me very humble again. And then the pandemic really took its toll on the country. The bushfires had already taken its toll. The floods that people know and no, no, people actually don't know about last year took its toll. We had really bad floods three years in a row at the same time, every February, March. And this year it just it came out that basically for the back end of 2020, from about October, we were out of medicinal cannabis. Like I was, I couldn't get it from anywhere. It was impossible to get. There was no stock. I was, if I wanted, I can't smoke sativas. The only thing that was available was sativas. It was stupid, right? So I was sourcing it from anywhere and everywhere just to stay alive, keep my wife from having seizures, like, you know, Mad Max style. Right. And then finally the bushfires hit and then, the, the, like I said, the COVID hit. Then the bushfires hit again and we are blitzkerregged out of, out of cannabis. So I had to part ways with Tommy. Unfortunately, I love him to death, and I, I, I'm still very close with Danny Keith, um, the president of Cheech and Chong. I, I still harass him on a daily basis and call him a bludger on the phone. Like I sent him WhatsApp messages, like tell him, Who, you're not, not your CEO of a president, blah, 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 you know what I mean, just to ring me, just to let him know I'm still here. And uh, from there, I just had to open the doors up and somehow figure out a way to get legal, top-quality product into the country. So came to Clubhouse. As you know, the doors opened, met you, met all the wonderful people, my brother, Mike Cozy at CBD Headquarters, Headquarters Emporium, uh, Carlos the Boss from EDH, Brands, Urban Leaf, um, you know, Heather Jane, the rock star queen of networking <laughs> who never stops. I don't know how she does it. Um, 
my boy Brendan Ancillary Jones. You know, we just formulated this whole team. Um, my girl Jubes Jam Oz from Australia, CJ, um, my boy the Weed Paradise, he's down with me now. You know, my beautiful wife Ari, and then we just dived in. I just got on the phone to the government and started getting it happening. So that's where it all happened. Sorry for the big rant again, dude. No, that's, that's, that's effing awesome. That's just the way you started off. Like like you said, just regular patient. You knew how what it did. You found out what happened when you ran out, and you says, "Listen, something's got to change." The same thing, like like we're saying with the first responder, something's got to change. And the cool thing is that I was the same thing with Tom with Cheech and Chong. I grew up on them too. Never smoked cannabis, nothing, but they were hilarious. It was like so when I started my podcast, and, and I, like my podcast basically is about bringing education about CBD and cannabis. It's not about pushing, you know, my products. It's about hey, listen. Just go on the show and learn something. You're going to listen to doctors, scientists, patients, people who made money, people who are arrested, who are now you know financially secure because they created a, a multi-million dollar business. You know, just listen and educate yourself. Exactly. Don't they talk to a stormtrooper who's going to the moon? Who knows who you'll talk to? But, I, but my third day, and I, I had three episodes, and I'm like, I have no idea what the F I am doing. I'm like, I don't know if I sound good. Uh, I bought like $2,000, $3,000 worth of equipment, kept buying, sending it back, buying, sending it back. I think my, <laughs> my my security guard downstairs called me the Amazon addict because their packages kept coming and I kept trying to figure stuff out. But the third call I made was basically I sent a DM to Tommy Chung. I says, hey, listen, starting a, a podcast and it's for first responders. I want to bring information to them and everything else. I love your story. I love what happened to you. They should never arrested you. I want you to talk about it and everything else because, you know, and everything else. And then John Paul reached out to me. He goes, we're in. Let me know when you want to do it and all that. And I think this, the fourth day, no idea what I was doing. I had Tommy Chong on my show talking to him like I'm talking <laughs> to you. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is so cool. This is this is this is not reality. The Matrix is exactly. Broken. I'm like, oh, yeah. how how am I supposed to do this? I'm like, this can't be real. So then I reached out. I'm like, all right, let me see what else I can get. So then I reached out to the uh, to greet the owner of Green Road, just big down here in Florida. I'm like, the founder. He's never going to talk to me. He's too busy. He's a multimillionaire. He just got a, you know, they call him the Can of Millionaire. I reached out to him and Lynn Kinney goes, yeah, dude, when do you want to do it? And I'm like, wait a minute. All these people in the CBD <gasps> and cannabis worlds are actually normal individuals. <laughs> They want to talk to me. <laughs> like, oh my god, they're bored. <laughs> so, and, and that's how I started. And I started reaching out to doctors. The doctor said yes, and then you know, scientists said yes, and it's, it just kept going and going and going. And so I'm like, cool, this is so awesome. And then Clubhouse came out, and for the first when Clubhouse came out, I'm an Android guy, so I'm not an iPhone guy. And I'm like, hey, yeah. So I'm like. Android. How, how does this thing work? And I'm like, so I signed up on Clubhouse on Android and got nothing, nowhere. I'm like, I don't. And then somebody goes, dude, go buy yourself an iPad. Spend two ninety nine. <laughs> I'm like, mother effort. <laughs> immediately invested. That was my exact thing. <laughs> immediately invested in an iPad for two ninety nine and jumped on there. And that's when I went. The whole world just opened up. I'm like, oh my god. And so the best part about it, to be honest, Iris, is that. I'm an introvert kind of thing. I don't, you should see half my family goes, Gary has a podcast. The dude don't talk. Like how, how can he have a podcast? <laughs> he says nothing. I'm the guy yep. who sits in the back and analytically listens to everybody and kind of my brain goes like, okay, what's going on here? And then I'll say something or I'll see how you feel. or see how you're, and, But what Clubhouse did, it, it helped me personally get my story out and talk about it, which mentally helped me even more. So, so it was kind of like my own PTSD, you know, class or, or, you know, therapy, talking to all these people who had the same issues, the same problems, you know, telling you how to lift up, talking about PTSD and mental illness and how CBD can help or cannabis can help and cannabis people doing this and that. And, you know, and if you fall into the right rooms, you follow into the people going, yeah, dude, just just stick with us and follow us. If you need anything, just hit us up. And next thing you know, all my DMs start going off and I'm talking to people. And I don't know. I don't remember who I talked to and I got to go back. And now I'm taking pictures of people because I can't remember what the hell's going on. And so <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, bro, you, you are literally preaching to the converted. You don't understand. And I literally had to go I'm like, all right, Clubhouse is killing me. I'm getting no work done. All I'm doing is spending weeks and days. So I said, okay, so I'm just going to go on every once in a while. I started a first responder room every Thursday. So I do, do that. It's pretty. That's a pretty funny room because as soon as you say CBD, everybody disappears. They're like, oh, 
Yeah. I want my people. Yeah, what, 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 yeah, this ain't the CBD yeah. in the city. Yeah. We're out. The city, I wonder if any of my city managers are listening. I'm out. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like they, they've already got they're in their head, they've already got this thing that someone screenshotted them exactly. in the room. Exactly. Like, you're fired, <laughs> Donald Trump. You're fired. You know what even funnier is that I had a I started when I started doing see I had a call from a chief. He goes, Hey uh, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing. He goes, Yeah, you want to come downtown and talk to me? I'm like, Okay, about what? Because I heard you're selling CBD. I'm like, Yeah. He goes, Yeah, just come down and see me. I'm like, Do I need like union representation or something? He's, he's like, No, no, just come down and see me. I think I lost like six pounds of sweat driving from my house all the way downtown. No, he just wanted to buy some, but, I did, but he never told me that over the phone. I was, I was having a heart attack going, oh my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Did he tell you that, did that, did that conversation happen? That's all I care about this whole conversation. Did the point come together where you, when he said, I actually want to buy some, I hope I wasn't stressing you out. When did you tell me how much anxiety I told him, I says, you, I says, you could have just told me on the phone you were interested in, in knowing more about it. He goes, I was having a heart attack driving down here thinking like, oh, my God, I'm in trouble for something. He goes, no, no, you're good, dude, because I had this bad shoulder pain. I wonder if you can help me out with it. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, he's, keeping it on the D- he's keeping it on the DL. No one wants to. Oh, that's the best thing I've it's, ever heard. I get that all the time. I get that all the time. Like, I, was in a, I was in a car accident last year, and I got rear-ended at, at like, I don't know. You, you can figure out the miles. At 100 kilometers an hour, I was rear-ended. And I was lying in the hospital bed. Like, they wanted to cut, get the jaws of life to cut me out of the car. And I was being stubborn. I'm like, I'm fine. Just get me home. Get me some weed. Get me some CBD oil. I don't care. I can feel I'm in pain, but I know what fixes it. Um, and I'm sitting in there. And I'm sitting in the hospital, like in the ambulance. And I'm on the way to the hospital. And they're like, so what were you saying about getting yourself home? I'm like, oh, I'm a legal medicinal cannabis patient. And they're like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah, I don't take no, like, don't, they're trying to give me drugs and everything, the pen and all this stuff. I'm like, no, I'm in pain, but I, I know what I need. I'm good. They're like, does it really help that much? I'm like, it helps me. I'm like, have you got it? Well, you got a podcast? And I'm like, yeah, I got a podcast I talk about. And they're like, oh, yeah, we'll follow you. And then next minute, slipping in my DMs, I've got, yeah, all kinds of people asking me, oh, my grandmother this, my grandmother that. And I'm like, hey, good thing is it's legal. Borkham Hills, blah, 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 blah. Go see your doctor. Off you go. It's, you know it's I mean? hilarious. It's crazy. The same thing just happened to me. My mom It said, hey, uh, what's this CBD stuff you got going on? And I'm like, but mom, like she's like no drugs, no, you know, but not even look at it or not even see it on TV. It's definitely a no. And she's like, <laughs> can you get me some? I'm like. Really? She goes, yeah, because I, I want to see if, if it'll actually work. I'm like, so you're interested in actually trying this now? He's like, she goes, yeah, I've been listening to your podcast. And I, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, all right. <laughs> you, you've turned your mum into a stoner. <laughs> so I sent, I sent her some up. I waited to see if it actually worked. And I called her tomorrow. I said, take it for, like this for a couple of days. I'll call you on Monday. Let me know how you feel. This is the power I did with Tommy Chung partner. I said, you should have really blew a mine and sent us some Delta 8. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mum, it's, it's CBD. Send us some Delta 8. <laughs> You're going to the moon, Mum. You're going to the you're moon. You're going to feel awesome oh, because we'll God. know what planet you're on. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've always wondered. That's like one of my like sort of bucket list things. I want to get high with someone really old for the first like who's never had it and just watch them trip balls. That would be <laughs> hilarious. So tell me how you got this whole trip to the moon thing going. How did that? How did you find out about that? Man, am I pumped for this or what? I don't know. I know we talked about it before. What? I don't know how pumped you are, but I'll, tell me how – you decided because uh, I would have done it if I would have seen it. But how did you just like, yeah, what the fuck? I'm just going to go do this and see what happens. My life is a cluster of good timing, perfect moments in bad situations. That's basically my life wrapped up in a nutshell. I literally, if you go back, and this is the best thing about it. So it's called the Dear Moon Project, right? And it's the MZ, I think his username's uh, at MZUSuck, right, on Twitter. Um He's a Japanese billionaire, amazing human, like everything he does for the community. Yes, he's got money, you know, and, he, and he's not, he doesn't, like, it's not like he's all about money, but he, he actually does good things. And he came out with this idea to, he's, he bought the whole, um, the crew, the, the whole capsule, every seat for the, the trip to the moon in 2023. He bought the whole capsule and said, I'm just going to take eight random people. And they came out with this Dear Moon Project. So that's at Dear Moon Project. Everyone wants to go look it up. And uh, on Instagram everywhere, mainly Twitter, they do their updates. 
And it, I literally, I was, I was on Twitter one day. So I don't get on Twitter much. For, I don't, I don't, I'm not really big on there. I am. I'm starting to get on there now because of uh, the moon, like Dear Moon Project and Dear Moon. So I got on there and I seen this thing and I thought, hey, what's this? No. Run into my wife. I go, check this out. She's like, oh yeah. She's got a really bad memory, right? Because <laughs> like, stoners, stoners have short-term memory loss. She has short-term and long-term and middle-term and selective memory loss. And I knew she wouldn't remember. So I said to her, I said, hey, look at this. I said, I'm going to go to the moon. She's like, yeah. All right, sweet. So I come sit back and go back out into the bunker in the podcast studio. I start reading into it. It's legit. They've taken eight people to the eight civilians to the moon. Okay, what are you going to do? Rip down, fly here. So they took an, a million applicants in the initial Oakland application. Don't quote me for this, by the way, because I don't know the official. It's what I've seen bits and pieces everywhere. So, yeah, they, they, it was open call. And I don't think many people seen it. I don't think they did it. I think they did it that way to see the real enthusiasts would imply, you know, apply. So I applied and didn't think anything of it. A couple of weeks later, it's only like two weeks ago, I get an email, Dear Moon. I just, because I can't read real well, I just sort of screened over it thinking, oh, it's probably spam. Didn't even think of it again. Next day, Dear Moon again. What the hell? I opened it up. It goes, you have been selected as a candidate for stage two. Um, you have not done your submission. Could you please finalise your submission for stage two? Basically, give me a rev up to do it. I'm like, oh shit. Okay, I better do it. <laughs> Jumped on there and did my set, stage two admission. I uh, say stage two. Sitting there. Week later. Ding. Dear Moon. Please fill out this form now. Now it's getting real. And I'm into this third stage or second stage or fourth stage. However, they're tearing it, including the initial one. And it's like, I think I'm. Like I'm still a, I'm still in this, and applications are closed, and I'm this far down the line, and I put up on my Instagram if anyone's go back and looked all the stages to get screening. So we're at stage three assignment right now, and we're about to get that decision. So I just applied, I did my thing, I put up a couple of tweets, I wrote in all caps. I'm not talk, I'm talking in all caps until you know I get selected to go to the moon. Because if you don't take me, I'm just going to turn up anyway and jump hijack and or <laughs> stow away or figure out a way to get me on there. Um, and. Uh, yeah, and it just here we are. I, I don't even. I, I wish I could tell you all the information, but MZ's a legend. He's taken eight people to the moon on Dear Moon Project, and I'm in the race, and I'm still in the race. And I hope I'm the first Aussie to go to the moon, and the first stoner to go to the moon, and the first everything to just that do is, it. I'm pumped. That Let's is go. so freaking awesome, dude. That is so awesome. And the best part is just to trump it off is that when I started my podcast. My very first podcast, I've said from day one, Uncle Elon, don't call my bluff. Uncle Elon, don't call my bluff because I will go. I've ran the numbers. I'm a numbers guy. I can't read and write properly. I'll get it. I'll get by. But numbers, I got this shit. 50% will chicken out. 50% won't, 40% probably won't make the medicals. Mate, I've got an 83 inch reach. I'm six foot one. I'm built, I'm a machine, I don't sleep, I don't eat, I can go for days. I'm perfect for it, Gary. I'm you not. are 100%, man. It would be so effing cool. Sign me up. I'm crazy. I will not pull out. You will just see me laughing all the way to the moon and back. And if, you know what? And if it doesn't go out too well, everyone can see me up there. If it doesn't turn out, I have to look at that thing and go, oh, Irish. I'm going to haunt them for the rest of their lives. <laughs> so unlucky. You're the most sane, crazy person I know, so don't, you're not that crazy. <laughs> well, mate, that, that works for me. <laughs> yeah, so that's the Dear Moon Project in a nutshell. Again, sorry for the rap, the big that's rant. That's okay, man. You can rant all you want. Hey, listen, what do you see coming next? With the, you, have, you have other stuff coming up besides Moon, What you know, with the business-wise and that. What's coming next for Iris Wick? Because I, I keep seeing your post about 420, um, and tell me a little bit about that. What's, what's coming up there, if you can Man, look, I can. Oh, I'm, look, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an open book. You know me. I don't ever. I don't. I, I'll tell anyone what I can tell you is about, apart from what's top secret. You know, in regards to the moon UFO stuff. You know what I'm saying? I'm just talking to Area 51 to clear up a few things. They want to check. They want to just check what they feel. <laughs> but um, <laughs> they they're curious about these. Yeah, they're like, what's he, what's he got stormtroopers um, back there for? Are we sure we want to bring them to the moon? It might scare hmm. some people. <laughs> pew pew. I'll get get with me, ladies and gentlemen. No, so I've got um. As everyone might be aware that does, you know, support and follow the show and my page, I too have jumped off Clubhouse. I haven't been on for about a month now. I uh, We took on a humanitarian mission, we like to call it, with Carlos DeBoss, Mike Cozy from CB headquarters, yourself, everyone who has products to bring it back to Australia. So I made the decision, not myself, my family and I made the decision three or four nights ago 
that we're going to relocate to America as of the 20th of May and come over there and source the best products available to every market. I want to speak to every supplier, every manufacturer, every farm, and I want to get the best products back to my country until we are in a position to make it at a rate that we need it for all the medicine to save those lives. So that is one big humanitarian mission that we are on right now to make it happen. Um, I'm also involved, obviously involved with the sustainability in cannabis um, with Brendan Jones from um, Boost. They're, they do the, you know, the Boost humidity packs that you put, you see in your cannabis. So I do a lot of work, work with Brendan um, in sustainability and Heather Jane, who's doing big things. Um, that there is a big pipeline. Um, it's, a, it's a long-term project. Uh, we have some Aboriginal land in Tinga, New South Wales, uh, with a, a great friend of mine, Owen Craigie, a former uh, New South Wales uh, rugby league player. Rugby league for all you Americans. We don't say rugby here. I've got to clarify that. Rugby league and rugby union are two different sports. So rugby league is our champion sport. <laughs> it's our gridiron. And, uh, yeah, so Owen's got some land up there that we're, we're looking into to do the first Aboriginal project with Heather and um, also grow hemp and do everything we can within the licensing. Um, we've got 120 acres down here near the, near the International Airport with some friends of mine that we're sitting on waiting to do a processing facility to, again, speed up the process and the facility for the increase of demand for medicinal cannabis. They're all long-term pieces that keep chugging along. And then in the short term, I've got um, – I'm doing – a lot of work with Wilfred. You might know Jason Gann, the actor. Wilfred, the TV dog, um, starred with uh, Eth, uh, uh, the Lord of the Rings. Uh, what was his name? The Lord of the Rings. Oh, well, yeah. That's a... uh, <sighs> why have I lost his name? Ethan, he, I can't believe I forgot. You know, I can see him in a commercial. You know what a commercial where the guy's stuck on the uh, the, the videos thing? I can see. <laughs> yes. Right, see, this is short-term memory loss, stone a moment. You cannot blame us for that, forgetting his name. No. Um Got the main character from Lord right. of the Rings. Um, so he was on a TV show with him. So, yeah, I'm, me and Jace, we've become really close mates. I'm constantly giving him shit on WhatsApp and Instagram. And um, he's just, look, he's just so relevant now. He, he's, he, I, I, I've always said this, that, that Wilfred was 10 years or 15 years ahead of his time, you know. And now pets are more important right. than ever. You know what I mean? Human connections more important than ever. Jason's funny as shit. Like if you get and watch, just go on YouTube and just type in Wilfred. Oh my god, you, you just I didn't like it when I first watched it. Now I love it. You know what I mean? Because it was ahead of its time. And I want to bring him back. I've got I'm working closely with Wilfred, his his manager, Stacy. Um I call him Wilfred, even though his name's Jason again. <laughs> um I'm just gonna keep calling Wilfred Wilfred. <laughs> I hope you watch this. Um and uh so we've decided that we're going to make a pet CBD product. Um, we're working with a guy named Mitch Cohen. Um, anyone knows anything about TV would know who Mitch Cohen is. Um, maybe have some stuff coming up with the former halftime Super Bowl performers. Um, something pretty cool there. But we've definitely got a good product coming out um, with Jace. That's another thing in the project. I'm dropping my own strain of Delta 8 flower. Um, alien strains brought to you from Down Under Designed. Uh, by CBD headquarters Emporium. Come do a little plug here, Gary. I'm sorry. Do all the uh, plugs you want, my man. Do all the plugs. Not about me. It's about the people. I'm gonna. Well, come and get my cut. Look, if you want some, if you want the first ever Australian designed Delta Eight Sour Space Candy Alien Strains Flower, go check it out on CBD headquarters Emporium. Hit up my boy Mike Cozy. DM me. And Gary, I'm going to do, do Gary a promo code and I'm going to make sure some money goes to whatever you're doing as well. So I'll do you a nice little promo code where you make a little bit, bit of cash on the side as well, help help yourself out. And that way people can support you by supporting me and getting high at the same time. It's a win-win. Awesome. That's awesome. And uh, it's and that that's about really it that I've got going on outside of, you know, obviously Mike and Mike Cozy and, and Carlos DeBoss and EDH Brands, Urban Leaf and CBD Headquarters coming to Australia building up those SKUs, getting him across to the TGA approval. And from there, it looks like I'm all American. Can't wait. I can't wait for us to sit down and have a meal in person finally. Bro, I am pumped. I just – this is so surreal. I feel like I'm in the Truman Show. 
You need you need to get, actually when you get settled, you need to come down to South Florida to get some sun and see the beaches down here. Hey, we're about to get I'm down in uh, Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale. So is that? I know I've got. I'm, I'm, mate, I'm definitely coming down there. You can bank on that. I'm going to smoke everything that you're holding on to. <laughs> and uh, sorry, no, no, I'm just going to rub in yeah, your yeah, CBD yeah, that's, cream. That's, that's allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> we named that. That is, hey, for anyone who's not watching, that's Clubhouse. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, allegedly. I could just say that all day. It just makes me smile. Every time, every time I hear the word allegedly, I just go, ah, you know that mean? Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, so, yeah, no, I'm definitely coming down to Florida. I've got uh, Big Ran, the boat builder. He's doing EV boats, and he, we're chasing some hemp fiber. Another project that I'm working on, chasing some hemp fiber for him to build a sustainable boat, EV, so zero footprint. Um, he's down in Florida as well. I'll find out where he is, and I'm definitely coming down to steal one of his boats and steal him and steal you, and we're going to go sail like pirates on the seven seas. So you can count Sounds like in. a plan. Sounds like a plan. And then when you I get down it. here, I have uh, one of our farms down here. I'll introduce you to the guys down here, and then we'll see if you can hook up with those guys and go from there as well. Oh, Tell them, look, they want the Irish, they want the Tasmanian devil, even though I'm not from Tasmania. They want the Western Sydney Penrith Panther, right, the South Sydney Rabbito. In that town, I just I just want to walk through a field like this with my Stormtrooper helmet on. Hang on, I better rip this out. I've somehow stuck into the lounge. I just want to walk through like this with my hands out, just like, oh, I'm in heaven. Uh, we have never been able to do that here in Australia, I don't think. Anybody's done it here in Australia, so that is well, my goal. So that, sign that me is, up. If that is pretty awesome, man. That is awesome. I've pretty much, man. I have nothing else to do. This is pretty awesome. What I do have to where you do is, if there's anything ever I can do for you, or if we can do anything, whatever together, I'm, I'm with you 100, man. Because like I said, since that since that first well, day on Clubhouse, so that bond has been strong. You know, whatever I can do, I'm in. Man, look, I love you to the moon and back, <laughs> literally. Um, and I'm, I, you know, if I go there, I'm going to def- – you know what? I, I hope – and I, I promise you this. I hope I can take something to leave up there for you because you are more than a friend to me. You're a brother. For, for what you've done for the world, You, the world owes you more than it can ever repay you. So I'll do anything for you too. You know I have my clubhouse medicated and dedicated. It's viral. It's crazy. I talk my crap. You know, if you ever want to come in there, you can do that. If you ever want me on your clubhouse, I'm there. I'm all about the people too, man. I know you are too. So I, I, I just want to be I – I just want everyone to know that through Gary, through myself, that I think we've, we've suffered enough enough trial and tribulations, and, and I think that it's safe to say that you can trust us to know that it's time exactly. to Exactly. And I just want everyone – I just want everyone in the world to just please, dear God, try and turn the other, te- turn the other cheek and mm-hmm. heal, you know, this – schematics and dramatics and talk and politics and all that it's not going to help man we can all get high on our own supply and just get along drop the gloves you know that's it that is it and on that note irish thank you once again for being on my show my man it's been a pleasure again we'll keep in touch 100 because we're always keeping in touch but i appreciate you we appreciate everything touching. you're doing and i appreciate you being on my show today if you're still listening to this, that means you gained some type of value. So what we need you to do is leave a review and make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode of The Good Dudes Crow.